0: All right, so let's apply our definition that we just learned to a function. Here's an example that you might be asked to do. Discuss the continuity of the function f of x equals the absolute value of x over x. So when you're asked to discuss the continuity, your answer will be either that it's continuous on its entire domain, or it's discontinuous for, one or more values of x, either one want to call them A or C, but you might have points of discontinuity. And so, discuss the continuity of means see if you can find any points of discontinuity. If there aren't any, then it's continuous on its entire domain. If there are, then you need to break it up and say where it's continuous. So let me show you with this example. f of x equals the absolute value of x over x. First of all, Let's figure out what the absolute value of x over x is. Now, there are different ways to define the absolute value of x. One of them was to break it up as positive x if x is greater than or equal to 0, and then the opposite of whatever x is if x is negative. To see if that works, look at some values for x and the absolute value of x negative 3, negative 2, negative 1, 0, 1, 2, 3. If X is 0, the absolute value of 0 is still 0. If X is 1, it's 1. If X is 2, it's 2. If X is 3. It's the positive value of the X. It's whatever the value of X is without the sign. If you want the absolute value of negative 1, Think of it in terms of distance. Distance is always positive. You don't say, I'm going to go negative one miles to work now. You just say, I'm going to go one mile to work. And then you might say the direction southeast, west, northwest, something like that. So the distance is always given as a positive. So even if you're going south two miles, you would just say the distance is two miles. And how do we go from negative 3 to 3, and negative 2 to 2, and negative 1 to 1? That's by taking the opposite of what x was. And here, since x was already positive, we just took x exactly the way it was. And so that's why it's broken up as a piecewise defined function. So now what would be the absolute value of x over x? Well, you can actually just look at your piecewise defined function for the absolute value of x and say if x is greater than or equal to 0, it's x divided by x, and what's x divided... Ooh, is it defined when x is 0? Hmm, I changed my domain, didn't I, by dividing by 0. Now, I can't let x equal 0, so I have a restriction on my domain because I don't want to divide by 0. It's undefined there, isn't it? So, if x is positive, it's probably easiest to do the same thing that I just did for absolute value, to do it for absolute value x over x. So if x is positive, 1, 2, 3, the absolute value of x is still 1 over 1, it's just 1. If x is 2, you have the absolute value of 2 is 2 over x again is 1 again. Absolute value of 3 is 3 divided by 3 is 1 again. So, the absolute value of x over x is just 1 if x is positive. Now, because we don't also have absolute values in the denominator, things get a little more interesting when x is negative. If x is negative 1, in the numerator, you have always positive, positive 1. In the denominator, though, x is just, still, just negative 1. So 1 over negative 1 is negative 1. If x is negative 2, the absolute value of negative 2 is positive 2 on top and just x on the bottom. So you have positive over negative, 2 over 2, negative 1. So it looks like, no matter what x is, try negative a million. The absolute value of negative a million is a million. Divided by negative a million is negative one. So this function, you'll get used to realizing that the absolute value of x divided by x is one if x is positive, negative one if x is negative. So that's our function. It's actually very simple to graph. It doesn't look like the v. We're used to absolute value x looking like that v, right? Which is continuous on its entire domain. The absolute value of x is continuous on its entire domain. But then if you divide by x again, you have a problem when x is 0 because you're dividing by 0. So we have to break the domain there. And then, when we have absolute value x divided by x, for all positive values, it's equal to 1. So you have 1, 1, 2, 1, 3, 1, 4, 1. You can see that you can fill it in as a horizontal line. y equals 1. y equals 1 if x is greater than 0. It's not defined at x equals 0. So I'll make that bigger. So we have a hole at x equals 0. If x is negative, then our outputs jump down to negative 1 and so we're looking at this function negative 1, negative 1, negative 2, negative 2, oh, sorry negative 1 negative 1, negative 1, negative 2, negative 1 negative 3, negative 1 so we have the line y equals negative 1 if x is negative again we have a hole in the graph at X equals 0 because the functions not defined there so we have a jump discontinuity at X equals 0 now notice That x equals zero is not part of the domain of the function, is it? So, on its domain, this function, absolute value x over x, is continuous on its domain. But at x equals zero, at the point where you're outside of the domain, it's not continuous. So, if you want to, instead of saying where it's not continuous, if you want to be more positive about things, like a cup is half full kind of person, you could say that the function is continuous on the following intervals. From negative infinity until you, sorry, here we are. From negative infinity till you get to zero, not including zero, because you don't want to divide by it. And then jump over, jump over zero, and go on your way from zero to infinity, and the function is continuous there. So you can talk about continuity sometimes in two different ways. You can either talk about the discontinuity, or you can talk about the more uh, direct way where it's continuous. Usually, the best way to do it is to find where it's not continuous, and then say it's continuous everywhere else. Just to review, to put all this together, what's the right-hand limit as x approaches 0 of the absolute value x over x? I needed that. The right-hand limit is approaching zero from values a little bigger. So approaching zero from 2, one, point five, and so on. Notice that the limit as X approaches zero from the right of the absolute value of X over X. I'm sorry, that's kind of small. This limit is positive 1, isn't it? You're approaching positive 1 as x approaches 0 from the right. I mean, you're just staying at positive 1, aren't you, for this function? And the left-hand limit as x approaches 0 from the left of this function, absolute value x over x. Now you're down here on this part of the graph. The y values that you're at are negative 1. And all the way up until right before you get to 0, the y values are still always negative 1. So your left-hand limit, 0 minus a little bit, is negative 1. Notice the left and right-hand limits are not the same. So the overall limit as x approaches 0 of absolute value x over x does not exist. Because it's a jump discontinuity, the limit does not exist. So if we go back to our definition of continuity, what condition or conditions are not met here at x equals 0? So let's go back. Does f of c exist? Does f of 0 exist? In this case, f of 0 does not exist because we would be dividing by 0. So condition 1 is not satisfied. So right there you can say, oh, we have a discontinuity. If you want to know what kind of discontinuity, look at the limit. The limit does not exist. So that's a non-removable discontinuity, is another name for jump discontinuity. There there are more than one kind of non-removable discontinuity. One of them is a, a jump. The other one is the first thing I showed you when we started talking about left and right-hand limits at asymptotes. Those are also non-removable discontinuities. You're going to see those in the next section. So is the second condition satisfied? The limit didn't exist for our function, so the second condition wasn't satisfied either. And then if the first and second ones aren't satisfied, then certainly the third one won't be either. So we didn't meet any of the conditions for continuity with this function at x equals zero.